Doctor Who Short Trips Etheria by Nick Wallace Read by Peter Purvis In her dream, the Doctor and Stephen were arguing again. Every time, Stephen's face clouded, his temper getting the better of him again. Every time, the Doctor responded in kind. It could have been inside the TARDIS. It was somewhere bright and white, certainly, but in the dream, Vicky never got the sense of comfort she did from their ship. Except, she supposed, the fight would explain that. Every time, their words got harder, their voices louder. Stop it, she cried. But it didn't matter, because regardless of what she did or said, neither of them listened. The tether was tight around her ankle when she woke. Sitting up to rub the sleep away, Vicky felt unsteady. Take it slow, a familiar voice commanded. She turned and saw a young man behind her, their guide, she remembered. And with that memory, everything came into focus once more. Vicky reached down to try to free her ankle from its strap, but her fingers fumbled aimlessly with the leather. The young man crouched down to help untie her. Don't worry, he said. You'll shake it off. He glanced up. You remember my name? Vicky nodded. You're called Thela. Good, the man said. Vicky rubbed her eyes again. It feels like I'm drunk. It's the ether, the man explained. You remember what I said about the ether? Yes, Vicky said. Then tell me. She shut her eyes, reciting his words from the previous day. In the etherlands, it becomes hard to think. Perception is all. The unwary will lose their way and their mind. Thela nodded in satisfaction. You must fight it. With her strap undone, he crossed to the other side of their camp, where the doctor was waiting. The old man was still asleep. Like Vicky, a leather strap led from his ankle to a metal stake Thela had hammered into the ground the night before. She remembered the doctor's look of apprehension when Thela had removed the stakes from his bag. The ether moves, he'd explained. If it washes over you in your sleep, you won't even know what's happening. Do you want to wake where you slept or wander over a cliff? It was a fair warning, Vicky thought as she looked up, because sleepwalking here would get you killed. The islands dotted the sky. They'd first seen them on the approach to Thela's village, just silhouettes on the horizon. They'd looked like a child's drawing of trees, with long trunks that suddenly exploded in balls of shrubbery and leaves. But as they got closer, Vicky realised just how strange this world was. These trunks were long spikes of rock, thrusting out of the ground, reaching hundreds of metres up into the sky. But rather than taper out, the columns blossomed out, forming giant mounds of overhanging rock. Did people climb them, she wondered? Were there little colonies atop each island, looking back down at her? And then she felt it, like a breath on her skin. Invisible and unseen, the ether rolled in. The world looked exactly the same, but everything felt different. Every sensation was magnified, richer, brighter, deeper. Every breath a hurricane, every step 
an earthquake, every sound a storm. I must fight it, Vicky thought. She dug her fingers into the earth, gripping hard, breathing deep, and slowly the sensation passed. A shadow fell over her and Thelar reached down, offering a hand. We need to move on. They walked in the shadow of the islands, Thelar taking the lead, the sack with their provisions over his shoulder. In addition to the trunks that anchored the islands above, there were other spurs of volcanic rocks spiking out of the desert grasses. These sharp ridges became a common feature, and Vicky slowly realised they were sinking lower between them, the landscape slowly transforming into canyons of glistening stone which they had to navigate. Amongst these, they sometimes made good speed, but at others, they barely inched forward. Over the past day, Vicky had learnt to recognise the approach of the ether, the invisible substance that ebbed and flowed around them, giving these lands their name and making it so treacherous. As Thelar edged on down a narrow passage, the doctor hung back. Seeing him cast suspicious glances at their guide, Vicky knew what was coming. What exactly did you tell him? Hmm? The doctor whispered. Vicky sighed. It was the fifth time he'd asked in the past day. That we were travellers and we'd been ambushed by pirates. Hmm. And he understood? I didn't tell him about the TARDIS, if that's what you mean. The doctor didn't say anything just carried on looking at her, a silent interrogation waiting for a response. They'd been caught in an electronic net, slung across this region of space by a group of pirates, spiders, the doctor had called them, preying on unwary travellers. Vicky shrugged. I explained that we'd been caught in a trap. You and I had escaped and Stephen wasn't so lucky. The doctor tapped a finger against his lip as he considered. Very well, he said. What's done is done. We shall just have to hope your judgment is sound where this young man is concerned. Hmm? I still don't understand why they brought us here, Vicky said. Why not? The doctor waved his arm. A primitive backwater, far away from prying eyes. Something of a tradition for pirates, as I recall. From what those old fools had to say, we're not the first prisoners they brought here. Those old fools, Vicky thought, the elder sages of Thelar's village, who'd refused the doctor's request for a guide. It was only a chance meeting with Thelar that had procured any help at all, and they'd needed the help. A typical piece of trickery from the doctor had allowed the pair of them to escape the pirate ship as it had come into land. When Vicky realised Stephen hadn't made it out with them, she'd been frantic. But the doctor had just smiled and produced an instrument from his coat pocket. The device was like a sextant, and it enabled him to track the pirates, and therefore Stephen and the TARDIS, to their final destination. It had taken them a few days cross-country to reach Thelar's settlement, and that was where they learnt of what lay ahead. The Etherlands, the villagers had called it, an area where they never ventured, and where those who did were lost forever, victim to its invisible power. It was an insurmountable force of nature, and one that had to be crossed if they were to see their ship and their friend once more. There hadn't been any boundary to the Etherlands that was obvious to the naked eye, but Thelar had known precisely where they'd started. When the doctor tried to move past him, he had blocked his way and gestured at the landscape before them. The Ether. Vicky had leaned forward and in doing so had taken her first taste 
of the ether. The world had flashed with light and colour, threatening to envelop her, and then, in an instant, it was gone. It had been the same on and off ever since, moments of normality interspersed with sudden lurches in perception, like skipping a time track, Vicky thought, only a thousand times worse. Up ahead, leaning against a slab of sickly green rock, Thalar was beckoning them on. For all the doctor's suspicions, Vicky thought, they'd not had a choice of helpers, and the fate of them all rested on his ability to get them through the Etherlands alive. Stuck in the narrow troughs of earth and rock, it was hard to get perspective on the landscape around them. Increasingly, the stone ridges rose higher, arching over them, giving only occasional glimpses of the sky. In the end, Vicky had started charting their progress against the islands above, finding unique markers on the underside of each one, enabling her to keep track as they drifted in and out of view. Come on, Thalar snapped as he caught her studying one of the formations. Sorry, Vicky said, I was just trying to work out how far we'd come. Not far enough, Thalar replied. He tapped his foot. This is Borestone. There's no way to secure our tethers and no rest till we clear these corridors. The passageways narrowed, the arches more constant, and slowly the sky disappeared from view altogether. Thalar produced a torch from the sack, striking a flint against the hard stone wall to light it. Holding it high, he led them on, a new urgency to his actions. In the maze of passages, the ether was less strong. Vicky still felt it from time to time, but it was faint compared to what had gone before. However, Thelar's eyes flicked one way and another, anxious in a way he hadn't been before. Sometimes he seemed certain of their course, at others ludicrously cautious. Is everything all right? Vicky asked him. I do not like this darkness, he answered. The ether doesn't seem so strong, though. Thelar shook his head. The ether doesn't need to be strong to get you killed. It just needs a moment. One wrong turn will see you lost until you rot. They'd reached another junction, and Thalar paused. As the doctor approached, Thalar pointed to one of the passages. This way, he said. Are you certain? the doctor asked. Doctor, Vicky hissed. He's our guide, remember? I remember, he said, and pointed at the torch. But I also know a guttering flame when I see one which suggests a flow of air counter to the direction this young man is taking us, hmm? Thalar rounded on him, slapping his hand against the wall. You think this place is safe? That the air will guide you through? This labyrinth is a trap for the ignorant. The doctor straightened up in response, pulling his shoulders back. As he raised a finger, Vicky slipped in between them, steering Thalar around. We are relying on you, she said. I'm relying on you. He gave the doctor a quick glance. Please, Vicky said, lead us out. There was a pause as he took stock, then moved off down one of the tunnels once more. Slowly, the pattern of their entry into the labyrinth reversed. The passageways sloped upwards. There was a feeling of fresher air, and finally daylight began to shine through cracks in the roof above them. When they emerged, they were greeted by a different world. The island sat in the sky behind them, but the horizon was clear in front. The sun was low and Vicky could make out little of the landscape, a flat terrain shrouded in a low mist. 
Marshlands, Thalar explained. He stomped his foot, testing the ground beneath his heel. He nodded in satisfaction. We camp here. After they'd settled, Vicky and Thalar ventured out to find material for a fire. The ground turned increasingly soft, and if she were unwary, Vicky's feet would find themselves in stale water. Finally, Thalar located a bank of what he called razor weeds, tall and rigid with a hard edge. Unpleasant to collect, he explained, but they stay dry in the damp and burn for hours. He wrapped strips of fabric around their hands, enabling them to pull at the vegetation. Vicky had expected them to pull free easily from the soft earth, but the plants were tough and deep-rooted. She watched how Thalar worked them back and forth, teasing them loose. After a few attempts, she finally got the hang of it, giving a little cry of triumph as she lifted a weed out. Thalar smiled. <laughs> you learn well. What about you? Vicky said. We're two days out from your village. How do you know your way around here? Entering the Etherlands is forbidden by the sages, he said. Forbidden for your own safety. So? Vicky prompted. Thalar shrugged. Like every boy, I was drawn to the place we were told never to go. My friends would accompany me so far, but then the tales the sages told would bite. He paused, but not for me. Reeds in their arms, they walked back to where the doctor was waiting, playing with the sextant-like device he'd used to track the pirate's course. As Thelar got the fire burning, he continued to speak of his childhood explorations. <laughs> A game of dares with your friends, the doctor snorted, trying to outdo each other, no doubt. Hm? No dares, Thelar whispered. No games, just escape. He paused, then added, that's what we all want, isn't it? There was weight to his words, a meaning that wasn't lost on Vicky or the Doctor. She expected him to offer a snappy dismissal, but instead he just slowly turned to look at Thelar and frowned. And you uh, think we can help, do you? Hmm? You're not the first wizard I've seen. <laughs> the Doctor laughed. <laughs> I'm no wizard! <laughs> you fell from the stars, Thelar snapped like all the other magicians who pass through our village. The doctor paused for a moment, then shook his head as if trying to clear his thoughts. Hmm, we are not the first, he said to himself. The comment went unnoticed by Thelar. Every few months, he continued, a wizard passes by, heading west, all with instruments of magic, boxes that glow, sticks that talk, crystals that make patterns in the air. None ever return. There was a pause, and Thilar stirred the fire. Looking between them, Vicky realised he and the Doctor were both lost in thought, remembering. Sometimes, Thilar whispered, you will hear their cries, distant echoes that vanish on the wind, gone before they're even heard. The following morning, the landscape was shrouded once more in a bank of fog the sun was incapable of burning off. The doctor and Thilar were quiet, their guide fussed over the supplies, whereas the doctor was at work with his sextant once more. He seemed distant to Vicky, distracted, she thought, and older somehow. That day and the next passed without event, just a long, repetitive slog through the marsh waters, the ether washing over them, 
becoming more and more potent. On their third day traversing the marshes, Vicky took the bag from Thelar. It was, she realised, noticeably lighter. For the first time, she wondered how much food and drink they had remaining and how far they still had to go. However, her attempts to draw answers from Thelar and the Doctor were met with indifference. Then, as Vicky hefted the sack over her shoulder, she saw something move in the distance. It's this ether, my child, the doctor said. Hysteria is what this place does. Vicky shook her head. It didn't feel like the ether. The mist moved again and Vicky pointed. Shadows and light blooming and disappearing behind the fog. Thela squinted into the murk. Something's moving back there. And as he said it, they emerged from the gloom, a half-dozen objects tumbling towards them. Uh, what are they? the doctor asked. Thalar edged back, unable to take his eyes off the objects. Wind billowed, and as it did so, the objects split and scattered. Tumbleweeds, Thalar said. He held his position a moment more, then his shoulders relaxed, and he laughed. Tumbleweeds from the plains! Driven by this wind, there was a roaring sound, telling them how mistaken he was. Behind him, the tumbleweeds wheeled towards them, moving in unison, skimming through the fog. As they drew closer, Vicky could see them better, shining balls of twisted, intertwined metal. The weeds roared again, changing direction, spreading out, and as they did so, something glowed at the heart of each one. They're trying to surround us, the doctor called out. We need to break free, Thelar said, pointing towards a gap in their formation, a gap that was already closing. Quickly! But as Thelar darted forward, the doctor pulled him back. The glowing heart of one of the weeds was blossoming, a stream of fire reaching out through the intertwined metal, raking across everything in its path. The flame had hit the exact point Thelar had been running towards. They're going to burn us, Vicky cried. One of the weeds roared fire once more, and the top of a razor weed caught a light, bright purple flames leaping into the sky. The bag, Thelar called to Vicky. She threw him the sack, but it fell short. As Thelar ran towards it, one of the weeds wheeled in his direction. The doctor shouted a warning, but Thelar ignored him. He reached inside the sack, then spun, dropping to the ground as the fire raked the air. Get back, Vicky cried, but instead he rolled towards the metal weed. Then, just for a moment, the fire retreated, like the creature was taking a breath. Thalar dived at it. It was only when she heard the clang that Vicky realised what he held in his hand, one of the spikes they tethered themselves to at night. Thalar hooked the end around one of the weed struts and drove the spike hard into the ground. The weed bucked, but the spike held. As the fire roared again, Thelar rolled away. Vicky and the Doctor headed towards him. With the creature pinned, they had the gap they needed. Vicky only hoped it would last. Does it hurt? Vicky asked. Thelar winced as the Doctor picked at the cloth seared to his arm. Oh, silly of me, Vicky said. It's a burn. Of course it hurts. The doctor peered at the blistered skin. Very brave, my boy, he said. Foolish. Thelar shook his head angrily. In case you hadn't noticed, 
I lost the sack in that fire show. All of our supplies gone. Better our supplies than us, the doctor retorted. We're alive, for all the good it does us, Thelar said. They had made the most of their opportunity and run, eschewing the firmer ground, ploughing through the marsh waters in the hope it would slow any pursuit. It was, Vicky supposed, just blind luck they hadn't ended up stuck in some bog. We need to gather some grasses, Thelar said, and quickly we must fashion some sort of twine. Twine? the doctor said. To hold us down overnight, otherwise we'll all be dead come morning. But the doctor didn't respond. Just sat there, frowning. Thela exchanged a glance with Vicky. She laid a hand on the old man's shoulder. He looked tired again. This is marshland, doctor. If we're overcome by the ether in the night, we'll wander off, remember? Hmm, remember. Hmm, the doctor repeated idly. Then his head jerked up with a smile. Ah, my apologies. I was simply cogitating on the chemical properties of this ether. Does it matter? Thalar said. We're already dead. Vicky smiled. With you to guide us? I'm no guide, Thalar snapped, hard enough to make Vicky flinch. He took a breath and looked up at them. I lied to you. I've never been this far into the etherlands. No one has. For a few moments, Vicky didn't quite believe him. He'd seemed so sure of himself and what they'd faced. But slowly, the look on his face convinced her otherwise. The doctor had been right to doubt him. Thalar really had only seen them as a way to escape and would have said anything to achieve that. It doesn't matter, Vicky said, not quite feeling the words. The doctor can guide with his sextant, she turned to him. Isn't that right? The doctor smiled absently and reached for his coat pocket, but his fingers closed on nothing. The sextant was gone. They sat out the rest of the day, binding together the tethers that would help them see out the night to follow. They should have been planning, Vicky thought, searching for food, trying to recover the sextant or forge a replacement. But neither the doctor nor Thelar seemed able to shake off their moods, and slowly their despair was claiming her too. The monotonous scenery wasn't helping. The rock islands that had become Vicky's chief point of reference were lost in the wall of fog behind them, while in front all they could see was an unending vista of swamp water. The ether was thicker here too. Before it had been a breath of wind, but now it was constant. Invisible waves pushing against them, and with the ether, that anonymous landscape gained weight and form. Sometimes the waters clawed at Vicky's feet, pulling her down. Sometimes the grasses shone like beacons. Sometimes the world turned to smoke. Vicky fought, but each wave left her feeling more tired than before, and when the time came to settle down, she was asleep almost instantly. She was woken by the doctor leaning over her, a finger on his lips. Vicky screwed her eyes shut for a moment, trying to shake the dream she'd been roused from. The doctor and Stephen arguing again. Blinking, she remembered where they were. At a guess, it wasn't long past dawn. The fog was thick, the early sunlight barely penetrating. What's happened? she whispered. 
The doctor led her to where Thelar was waiting, lying on his stomach behind a clump of long grasses, looking out onto the marshes. We have company, Thelar said quietly. Vicky parted the reeds to see. At first there was nothing but the fog. Then a gust of wind stirred the air, and the glow of the tumbleweeds became visible, wheeling across the marshes. But Vicky's eye was drawn elsewhere. There was a figure, too far away to see properly, shrouded in some sort of robe. The brigands you were looking for? Thalar whispered. I think they've been looking for us. Looking for what? The doctor replied. It was the first time he'd spoken that day, and Vicky was shocked by the day's tenor of his voice. He was heavy around the eyes. It was the ether, she thought. You could maintain control for so long, but eventually it wore you down. There are others out there, Thalar hissed. Vicky glanced through the reeds, but the wind had dropped, and once again there was only mist. Others, she said. There were men, dressed in skins and furs, big and strong, carrying axes. He paused, taking stock, then said, We should go. Go where? Vicky asked. Does it matter? Thalar replied. Anywhere. We need to escape. Suddenly the doctor's head snapped up. Ah, escape, he cried. That's it? Thalar went to hush him, but the doctor waved him away, back to his lookout post. What is it? Vicky asked. Our escape, the doctor said, energy returning to his voice and his face. What do you remember? Huh? About these pirates and how we escaped them, you and I. How did we get out of their clutches, Hey, Vicky began to reply, but the words died in her mouth, because while she had a vague sense, a feeling of what happened, the detail was beyond her. I don't know, she admitted. It's the ether. It's... Oh, yes, the doctor chuckled. <laughs> the ether. <laughs> Thalar pushed between them. Those weeds are circling around. The others aren't far behind. Whatever this is, we don't have the time. Behind them, the fog glowed with the roar of a flame. We need to go, Thalar urged, only for the doctor to whirl around, a finger outstretched. This ever-present fog, he said. Some sort of hallucinogen naturally occurring. But the source of this ether, perhaps? Madness, Thalar cried. These pirates understand that, the doctor continued. It's why they come here, to harness these properties and break the resistance of those who oppose them. So, this is all... Vicky paused for a moment, looking for the right term. Brainwashing, the doctor said with a smile. A naturally occurring sensory deprivation system. Wizard, Thalar growled. You're going to get us killed with this nonsense. He grabbed Vicky by the wrist. And I'm not going to let either of you be harmed. The fog lit up again, closer this time. The roar of the weeds was nearby, and they could hear other sounds now, too. Low voices whispering to one another, feet splashing through the waters around them. They're coming for us, Thalar hissed, and went to drag Vicky away. She snatched her hand free. It's not nonsense, Vicky said. This place, it's full of echoes or half-memories of things. The doctor smiled. Precisely. <laughs> but whose memories? Vicky turned away, feeling dizzy. She was just about following what the doctor was saying, but as she tried to work it all out, she felt nauseous. She took a deep breath and sat down, rubbing her temples. Very well then, 
Thalar said. If we won't run, then we fight. He crouched down, rooting around at the edge of the swamp. Dripping wet, his hand emerged from the water, holding a large round stone, the only weapon he could find to protect them with. He nodded once, then crouching low, moved away into the fog. Vicky saw it all, but somehow it all seemed thin. She was thinking about her dream. That was what had weight now. The Doctor and Stephen arguing, details surfacing where before there had been none. We weren't in the TARDIS, she said. It was some sort of cell. And, as she said the words, the dream became memory. Still hazy and fragmented, but it felt real now. The pirates, thin, venal men in ribbed jumpsuits, wanted the ship, but they couldn't get the key to work. They were going to force the information from us, Vicky whispered, opening her eyes. Stephen was getting ready to put up a fight, but if we're here... The doctor smiled, completing her thought for her. Where's Stephen, huh? Stephen Taylor, Vicky realised. They laugh. Islands in the sky? Those balls breathing fire? The doctor chuckled. Stephen's memories, the blocks with which they built this hallucination. A hopeless quest in a land of desperation to break us. What do we do? I think the answer is quite simple. It is? Oh, yes. The ether is a system he mused, naturally occurring in the clash between this planet's atmosphere and its sun's radiation, yes, but a system nonetheless. He snapped his fingers triumphantly. And a system can be understood, and with understanding, perhaps commanded. Hmm? Out in the fog, a series of splashes were followed by a distant thud. A moment later, a tumbleweed rolled into view, spouting fire. A figure ran in front of the flame, fleeing for his life. As Vicky cried a warning, another shape loomed out of the mist, an axe in hand. Smoke billowed from the burning reeds, obscuring their vision. And when it cleared, it was all over. Tumbleweeds rolled out of the fog, spreading out as before, encircling them. Only this time... There was no Thalar to perform a last-minute rescue. Their guide was dragged towards them by two massive warriors, a hooded figure following close behind. Vicky turned to the doctor, but he had his eyes closed to the scene, a half-smile on his face. And Vicky felt it then, for the last time. She turned back to the fog and saw it for what it was, a tidal wave of the ether sweeping over her. In that moment... It was no longer invisible, and Vicky could finally see it. Eddies of colour, life and light and sensation, lifting her up, pulling her under. A veil being lifted. The patch of marshland remained almost the same, but the tumbleweeds and the barbarians had vanished. Three thick metal struts rose out of the swamp, supporting a saucer that sat directly above them, the pirate ship. To her surprise, Vicky felt a tether at her ankle. That realisation prompted a sudden fear that maybe the doctor had got it all wrong. But looking down, she found it wasn't leather or entwined weed. 
The tether was a translucent chain leading back to a hunk of machinery that sat in the marsh. Beads of light ran up and down the cable, slowly shifting from green to red. To her left, the doctor stood, staring back at her, the same chain around his foot also. And on the ground between them, there was a familiar figure. Intelligent eyes looking out from under thick brown hair. Stephen! Vicky cried with delight. Never again, he breathed. Stephen climbed to his feet, looking down in disgust at the cable round his ankle. With a savage tug, he yanked it from its housing in the machine. Was it this? he asked. Was this the thing holding us here? It created that world? Mm, Of a sort, the doctor said. It it wasn't all imaginary. (laughs) There were all kinds of truths and memories amid that fiction. The key one being that the ether exists. It does, Stephen said, bending down to release the remaining cables. Oh, yes, the doctor said. The atmosphere of this planet is alive. That box isn't clever enough to do all that on its own. It's just the stick that was used to poke the ether and us to produce the desired results. As she stared at the machine, Vicky's dream gained more clarity. The pirates threatening to do whatever it took to break them. They'd been led into a white wall lift. As it had descended from the ship, Stephen had put himself at the front, ready for whatever awaited. But as the door opened, there hadn't been pirates or monsters to do battle with. Just this fog and the box and its tethers reaching out for them. It took you first, Vicky said to Stephen, like it was alive. (laughs) Not anymore, the doctor chuckled. Short-circuited, no doubt. (laughs) What did you do? Stephen asked. We were warned not to think about the ether, to fight it at all times. In a world designed to break our spirits, it occurred to me that such a warning might have been for the benefit of our captors, hmm? and not us, Vicky said. The doctor smiled, tapping a finger against his temple. Vicky thought of him, standing there, eyes closed, smiling, as the ether had risen up at the end. You were talking to it, she said, with your mind. From all around, there was a sound of splashing, feet rushing through the marsh waters towards them, thin figures with slick-backed hair dressed in ribbed jumpsuits levelled weapons at them. Vicky looked anxiously at the doctor, but he just smiled benevolently. One of the figures shouted, Stay where you are! The doctor stared imperiously at the advancing pirates. Let us go in peace, he said and no harm will come to you. There was a flash from one of the weapons, and the nearby water bubbled and broiled. The doctor shook his head sadly at the warning shot. Uh, Stephen, he said quietly, would you be so kind as to escort Vicky back to the ship? Hmm? Then he straightened up and grasped his lapels. A system can be understood, he repeated, and with understanding most definitely commanded. And I'm about to show these gentlemen what memories are really made of. Vicky felt it rather than saw it. Fog rolled in from nowhere, and the ether was there at their feet. A living thing, swirling, rising, twisting and turning. Had these pirates ever even felt it before, she wondered? Did they know what it was they'd been using? 
What the ether would do to them? Stephen took her hand, began to lead her towards the ramp into the pirate ship. Behind them there were splashes and screams as the pirates' weapons fell from their hands. Up ahead, somewhere inside, the TARDIS was waiting. A theory, written by Nick Wallace, was read by Peter Purvis and is a Big Finish production.